Hi, I'm Jeff Ray, your host for Economic Outlook. Welcome to our program. We hope you enjoy the show. Please make plans each week to join us as we discuss the region's most important economic development initiatives with a panel of experts. For decades, US 31 has been a vital transportation corridor for our region. In 2022, several major improvements occurred that made trips north and south faster and safer. We'll take a closer look at those improvements and talk about what's next for the corridor coming up on Economic Outlook. For decades, business, government, and community leaders have been advocating for improvements to the US 31 corridor, a vital transportation link for our region. 2022 saw the commencement of several critical projects and the completion of one major connection. But much work remains to be completed to finish the goal of a freeway between St. Joe Benton Harbor and Indianapolis. Joining me today for a deeper dive into what's next for the corridor on US 31 are John Leatherman, the Chairman Emeritus of the US 31 Coalition, and Lori Modlin, the Executive Director of the US 31 Coalition. Lori, John, thank you. We appreciate you guys joining us today. John, I'm going to come your way first. So, John, when you know, thinking back, um, you've been involved in the US 31 Coalition effort for for quite a few years. Talk a little bit about why this was an important priority for you to spend your time on. Well, when I first went in the Army, I ended up stationed at Fort Benjamin Harrison running a motor pool. And have, we had cars and trucks and little buses and things. And it became very obvious quickly that when I was a kid, we always went to Chicago for everything. But Indianapolis is, is as good, if not better. Right. And, and I, uh, I've always thought that for our part of the world, it was a good thing to have freeway from here to Indianapolis so we could get there in a reasonable time and participate in things within the state. So I kind of got started talking about it. Uh, I got, uh, uh, my wife and I were in a car, we were down by Grissom Air Base and there was a one lane bridge. I don't know if you remember that, mm -hmm. but we're sitting there in this one lane bridge with a kid behind us crying and nobody's moving and she says, you, if you do anything, do something about this. So. Uh, we got uh, a thing together between, this, between the Chamber of Commerce and South Bend and Elkhart and started having meetings. And that resulted in going to see uh, the governor. And he said, well, I can't do anything about this. You're gonna have to form a, a group. So the US 31 Coalition was formed sometime in the early 90s. And we've been working on it with, with the folks at the state ever since. Great. Laurie, let me come your way. So when I think about US 31, I think in the early days, people were looking for a way to get around Kokomo and all the stoplights, yeah. but it was so much more uh, than, than just that. Can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, kind of the coalition itself, you know, kind of what it does, who are some of the, the key stakeholders that are involved in that effort? Absolutely, the coalition is made up of groups and people throughout the corridor. So it's certainly not just um, kind of a, somebody on the northern end who's just wanting to get to Indianapolis. It's We have representatives from Tipton County, Fulton County, Miami, Marshall, as well as Hamilton, Howard, and St. Joe and Elkhart counties. And those people are involved because, you know, they travel to their jobs on 31. 31 is their main street. So they want to be able to have that connectivity uh, to the other communities and just have a safer route to get to where they want to go as well. Great. So, so, so Lori, can you maybe we'll stay with you for a second and, and let's talk historical because boy, as we've watched um, in, in recent years, significant improvements have happened in that corridor. Can you look back a little bit and talk about maybe a couple of those major milestones or those major projects that helped um, get US 31 going? Absolutely. So um, 
gosh, back when Governor Daniels came into office, a lot of studies were going on on the corridor. The um, St. Joe, Marshall County projects were going on, Howard County and Hamilton County all had um, elements corridor under study, doing environmental study, planning study. And we felt like it had been studied a lot. There had been quarter-wide uh, studies, there had been individual studies. And when Governor Daniels came in, this was one of the projects that he wanted to get off of the books and moving very quickly. So these projects were the first ones to move to construction uh, after he came in and kind of jump-started the transportation program. Um, it was actually intended that Hamilton County would go first and then kind of move up the corridor north. But as it turns out, um, of course, the very northern portion, St. Joe and Marshall counties and Howard County projects, those both opened on the same day. And then Hamilton County opened after that. And just from those three segments within the full quarter, we saw huge benefits in uh, the, the speed of traffic, getting to Indianapolis more quickly, as well as the safety. And we knew that with the, the, um, the success of those three, the, the, uh, the full quarter would provide just amazing more benefits. Great. John, let me come your way. So, so when I think of your historical involvement, you sat across the table from governors and from Department of Transportation, um, you know, directors, uh, business leaders, others, trying to convince them of why this is important. Indiana's the crossroads of America. But, but what, why, what did you tell those uh, governors of why US 31 ought to be the priority for well, them? Well, because we want to be able to participate in, in government and, and we want to be able to make the capital of the state of Indiana, the place where we go for all kinds of things. Che you know, cheer for the, right. for the sports teams, all, all kinds of stuff. I started talking with Otis Bowen probably 50 years mm -hmm. ago, and uh, he, he got a lot of the, of the parts, parts that were going through the cities moved out so we had a straight corridor. And then uh, Joe Kernan, when he, when he was down there, w I don't know if you were with us, but a bunch of us went down to see him and said, we need you to help fix this. Mm -hmm. And he said, I can't, I have to have a lot of people involved. You need to form a, a group. So we formed a group and then it really got going sometime mid nineties. And then a fellow by the name of Dennis Falkenberg, who was our executive director for a long time, came along and he'd been at INDOT for many years. So he knew where to go and who to talk to. And between Dennis Falkenberg and, and Mitch Daniels, things really got going. Right. The problem is, just because we can get around Kokomo now without 15 stoplights doesn't mean we're done. We right. still have a lot of things to do. Right. John, I want to stick with you for a quick second. So your, your day job, has, historically, you're, you're in the real estate business. You're in the business of selling, uh, trying to convince companies to, to locate here. Talk to us about the economic development perspective and why that quarter is so critical. We have seen significant new uh, buildings and, and companies go along the corridor as, as things got better, particularly down in Miami County, that thing's gonna go boom uh, if we can get access in and out in a good way. Uh, and, it, and it allows statewide things in, in business as opposed to small town things. So all the small towns will suddenly become linked if we can get that thing going as a freeway. Right. Lori, let me come back your way, and, and you, you touched on two things, like, and, and you know, maybe uh, speaking wrong from my end, but speed is important to me. I want to get to Indianapolis 
faster, and obviously <laughs> um, that that the, the quarters help. You talked about safety as well too. Talk about the the safety priority because I think people forget about how critical that is. Why why has that been such an important um, message here on the corridor? Yeah, that's as important as the economic development. Um, you know, during COVID, uh, we saw speeds increase, uh, actually nationwide, uh, on the roadways. Just the, the police weren't out as much. There were fewer drivers out. People really took advantage of that. And we've seen nationally that speeds have not slowed down since COVID ended. In fact, they've only increased. And you can right. see that anywhere you go, whether it's an interstate or you know, a local road. But that's been really obvious on US 31. We did uh, take a look at some of the speeds on different segments of 31 that's unimproved at this point. And there's a percentage of the traffic that's going over 90 miles an hour. So obviously, that's a real concern. We've seen an increase in accident rates also. Um, just back in 2015, we had an economic analysis done and they projected that if US 31 is approved uh, you know, for the full corridor from South Bend all the way to Indianapolis, that there would be over or almost 1,200 fewer accidents a year um, and over 300 fewer injuries a year. Mm -hmm. That's not even including fatalities on top of that. So. We, if that many are being reduced, you know how many are actually happening out there. So it's it's just really a, a real problem. Great. I'd like the record to reflect that it wasn't me going 90 uh, up and down that quarter. I promise I was much closer to the normal speed limit there. So Yeah, but if you're driving 70, somebody's passing you going 90. That's true. It happens it, all it, the time. Exactly. Guys, we're going to take a quick break here in the studio. We're going to go out into the field. We sent George Lepinotis, my co-host, out to Michigan to show an important uh, uh, US-31 connection that happened this last year. George, let me toss it to you. Thanks, Jeff. I am literally by the side of the road, as we often like to joke, while you're in the warm studio. But I am joined today by MDOT spokesman Nick Sharippa. Nick, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Nick, we are at a project, or the completion of a project, that is near and dear to many people's hearts around here, and it is the connection of US-31 to I-94, I-96, 196, that whole corridor, and really the conclusion of 40 years of construction. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of what we call the US-31 bypass? Sure, uh, it started back in 1970-71 when we started building that first stretch, the state line up to US-12, finished in 1972, and that kind of kicked the ball down the hill, so to speak. We've got a ball rolling and uh, stopped right about 2004 at Napier Avenue uh, with a, the Mitchell Sater butterfly and the Blue, Blue Creek Fen. <laughs> Uh, and that's kind of where everything's been. On, it was on hold for a while. And just this year, about a month ago, we, we finished, uh, two months ago, early November, we finished uh, this last stretch from Napier Avenue up to I-94 and finished that connection. And yeah, it is, it's been a generational project to be a part of. And uh, it, it's been a lot of fun to watch happen. Um, certainly for the community it's in, for the communities it connects, uh, for the businesses it connects, uh, it's, it's been a big project. Yeah, and you know, I want to unpack the timeline, then I want to move on to kind of the business importance of this highway. Sure. It is a U.S. highway. It yes. is Highway 31, and as you affectionately said before we went on camera, it goes from Lexington, Kentucky, to the Mackinac Bridge. Yes, it does. So that's a big stretch of, of many states, many communities, and really does link all of those communities together. But our little stretch of, of Michiana, at least on the Michigan side, because you're with MDOT, started in 1970-72 and it started to work up. 
When it stopped in the early 2000s because of the butterflies, what was that process of reimagining how to finish the connection? You know, it, it was a process that took several years. So in the mid-90s, we identified that we had to move the blueprint, the, the, the footprint uh, of the highway. We couldn't go straight north and connect with, with 196 and I-94. We knew that. Uh, so we, we really just had to go through the process of identifying a new route to take from Napier Avenue up to I-94. Um, and that's not just as easy as drawing on a piece of paper and then making it happen, right? I mean, there were there are other people's personal property is involved and in how do we get from A to B and have the least impact as, least impact possible, not just from a personal property uh, standpoint, but uh, from an environmental standpoint, uh, transportation standpoint, a geography standpoint. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's hills we have to contend with and curves we have to contend with and you know that all comes into play. And when you were reimagining it, you actually were thinking about some other ideas, right? And we're going to get to the, the funding in a second. But sure. one of the ideas was that you knew you had some work to do to Interstate 94 in and around St. Joe Benton Harbor to expand on some, some uh, an, a interchange and make some access easier for folks. So you combine those two projects, and part of it was funding. What was your total budget for this project? Uh, 121.5 million. We'll call it 120 million for fund. And those funds came both from the federal government. Yep and the state of Michigan, yep. and they you got federal funding in part because you were also messing with 94. Yeah, so we, we had to find a new spot on 94 to connect this south leg of, of US 31, but we also wanted to make sure that the south leg and the north leg of US 31 were contiguous, so to speak. So we had to rebuild two interchanges and add a seventh lane to I-94, so if you're on US 31 coming up from South Bend, and you get to I-94 and you want to keep going north on US-31, you never have to touch I-94. You never intermingle with I-94 traffic. There is a dedicated auxiliary lane from US-31 to US-31 that connects the two. I got it. And when you say US-31 to US-31, at that connection point going north beyond Benton Harbor, it is also shared, it's a shared road with 196. Right. US-31 and I-196 are contiguous up to about Holland where they split off. Yeah, got it, got it. Now, heading back south, uh, it connects, as, as our viewers know, we are the Michiana uh, PBS station, so that, that is our region. It connects with South Bend and some of those other communities. And I think it's a longtime goal in our last episode up here that you might have been a, a, a part of was, was about that connection and the traffic that we see. Has MDOT started doing some of the studies, and do you have an anticipation of how many people actually use the road? You know, we have an idea of how many people use them now. We have an idea of how many, what kind of vehicle numbers we have now, five years ago, 10 years ago. It's gonna take time to really be able to look at those numbers that we get this year, next year, five years from now. Too. It, that takes time, right? Building those data sets is something that's, it's the long play. It's not something we can look at next year and say with any kind of definitive yes or no that it was worth it. Yeah. Um, Empirically, it takes time. Anecdotally, we know it's worth it. Absolutely, yeah. When we thought about getting to that Napier Avenue exit, getting off at that Napier Avenue exit, some of the restrictions and, and limitations of that small county road, Napier's a great road, but it's just a county road. Sure. Um, that this, this obviously, is, as, our, as our viewers can see behind us, has made a massive change. Um, so, you know, on a final thought, Nick, uh, I know you've got other projects. You're with MDOT, so you're across the state. Um, this has been kind of a fun project to watch develop, hasn't it? Again, generational. We don't get to build new highway like this very often. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's been an amazing, an amazing experience 
Um, more for the engineers I get to work with, right? Awesome. I get to talk about it, they actually get to build it. And to watch them light up like kids and Christmas has been a lot of fun. Well, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for having us here. Uh, Jeff, back to you in the studio. We're gonna talk more about the connections that make our community better. But really, this is such a big development and I encourage all of you to come see the final connection of US 31. George, thank you, appreciate it. What a great look at a project, long time coming. Lori, in our break, we, uh, we saw the, the, the completion of a pretty important project on the Michigan end of US 31. Um, driving the Indiana side of the corridor, I was there um, recently and saw major construction happening down near Baker's Corner and it tipped in and stuff. Talk to us a little bit about what's happening in the corridor right now from a construction standpoint. Sure. So there's 70 miles of or unimproved roadway right now, and Hamilton County is working on five miles of that to improve it. Um, we've got construction already completed on 236th Street, Baker's Corners, near completion there. Um, the 276th Street interchange in Hamilton County, uh, people may know it by the John Deere dealership. Uh, Bex Hybrids is there as well. That is uh, That was uh, let earlier this year, so it will be completed uh, very soon. And then we've got from State Road 38 all the way to 276th Street. So pretty much all of Hamilton County is going to be completed to freeway standards um, by 24, 25. Um, so that's really exciting. So that will be taken off of that uh, 70 miles that we have left to do. And then in Marshall County, we have a couple of projects that are upcoming as well. And those plan to go to construction in 27. And they're going to be improving the State Road 10 US 31 interchange as well as the State Road 110-31 interchange and doing a bridge at 700 North in Fulton County, which is a, a, a passageway that a lot of um, Amish and Mennonite populations use. So that will provide a safe access for them to move from, from one side of 31 to the other. And then of course, we've got the railroad overpass at Tipton County, which is underway and just an, an enormous project if anyone is driving down that way and the Marshall County Railroad overpass will be uh, starting this year. So we've got a lot going through right now. It, it, honestly, pretty exciting to drive through the corridor and see that much happening. You know, John, the, it, as I'm driving through this, I think a little bit about this. This has been an important priority for us in Northern Indiana and up throughout the corridor, uh, going back 30, 40 years. But, but during that time, a lot of changes in leadership. We've had to keep it up front. Talk, talk to a little bit about, you know, kind of some of the, the key partners and, and what, what this magic formula has been for kind of the sustain, sustained success we're having there. Well, Governor Holcomb has been very helpful. And uh, uh, Mike Pence, when he was governor, uh, worked with us. Uh, I suppose most, most of the work that got done that was obvious around mm -hmm. Kokomo was when Mitch was here, but uh, those guys have all been helpful. Uh, and we've been trying to be, as a coalition, helpful to them. We've got a really new good guy now as, as NDOT commissioner, a guy named Mike Smith, and he's, been, he's working with us uh, to try to accelerate some of this stuff up north because I think there was an accident at 10 over the weekend and somebody got killed and, and I called him and I said, what are we, he says, I'll push, see what I can do. Uh, we have to remember that we're in competition with probably 50 other projects around the state of Indiana. So we can't be growling and yelling at them and that kind of thing. We want to, be, we want to try to be helpful to them. Uh, the US 31 Coalition tries to, tries to do that. But one of our problems is everybody thinks it's done because you get around Kokomo and you're not going to all those lights. So if, if, if anybody that's listening could pass on a little bit of money, we don't need millions, but we need, you know, we need a few thousand dollars so that we can keep uh, the folks at, at Big Idea who have been helping us with marketing and so forth so we can keep them going. 
And uh, if we can do that, I think we can have a positive effect. The, uh, the plan that's going now is bringing all the people around the interchanges that are happening so they get their pitch, you know, the people that live there. And we've got to remember the, f the farmers, like in Fulton County, because they got to get over with their equipment. So we're talking about some overpasses, too, just to help them keep going. But w if we can, if we can keep it moving, yeah. hopefully you and I will drive it before we're not able to drive anymore. That's right. Lori, I'm going to come back your way. And, and John touched on INDOT and the state and the priority. I know recently the, the state has been talking about kind of next phases. You, you talked about several projects already in the works, but we all know, I think there's, as John said, several to go after that. Talk to us about the effort that the state is undertaking now to plan for continued improvements in the corridor. The state has undertaken a study, it's called a Planning and Environmental Linkage Study, or a PEL study, and NDOT is doing the study for US 30 and US 31, uh, two major corridors that need improvement. And what they're doing, this is really, un it's a very new way of looking at a project. And so I think this is exciting that 31 gets to be one of the very first projects kind of in this, this system. But what they're doing is they're looking at the corridor and asking everyone along the corridor, uh, businesses, homeowners, agricultural community, everybody to come and tell them what they see US 31 should be in 30 years, which is amazing to think about. Nobody sits there and goes, I wonder what this road will look like in 30 years. But this is a chance that we all have to say, this is what we want it to be. This is what we want our community to be, how we want it to flourish with an improved US 31. Where should access points be? Where should we put developments? Where should overpasses, as John mentioned, be? All of those things to take care of the safety issues, the economic development issues, um, they do have a website, it's propel31.com, and anyone can go on there and look at what they're doing. Uh, they're doing a lot of public meetings, a lot of community meetings where people can just come in and talk to them about this. So it's a pretty exciting process we're involved in, and I think we can make a really amazing 31 quarter at the end of the day. Great. Laura, I want to stay with you for a second. We're in our last uh, four minutes or so. Talk a little bit about... Um, road funding uh, in, in particular. So, so obviously we're not the only, you know, this quarter is not the only priority for INDOT. There are priorities all across the crossroads of America to, to keep them. So what's the general state of, uh, how do you fund these? Where do you get money uh, for this? How, how do you plan for a, a big investment like we, we continue to need on US 31? So INDOT does receive its money from the state and from the federal government. There are state taxes and federal taxes that we all pay on our, our gasoline uh, purchases. And that goes to fund the entire program, whether it's construction or operations. And, you know, we've had a very big federal bill uh, passed last year, um, which was really helpful to just getting projects moving, as well as a lot that we've done on the state level as well. We've got one of the best transportation programs in the nation, and everybody looks to us to say, how did you get that done? So all of that being said, paying for a project as big as US 31 is still a lot of money. And so we can't expect it to all happen at one time. It will be a process of doing um, segments of it, but we want to make sure that it continues. It's a continuous process. There's no stops and starts. Right. And that way NDOT can fund it within their uh, existing program. Yep. John, I want to come here. You touched, uh, as Lori mentioned, people are coming through this th this process of envisioning what US 31 um, might look like. Um, 
this changes how people function. You mentioned the farmer has to get across the sure road, the, uh, the Amish community uh, down in, in Fulton County, others. So talk, talk to a little bit about maybe expectations for folks that, that are in that, that corridor and how they, uh, how they should weigh in on, on what's going forward. Well, I think the best thing that can happen to the small towns, you know, in Fulton County, Marshall County and so forth, is to have a good freeway that they can get to to get, to get out in the world. Uh, once they have that, the world will come to them, and it'll be it'll be helpful to their to their people that work, to their companies, to their businesses, and it'll allow those towns to grow. I don't know if you've been over to Elkhart recently, but it's going boom, and it's because it's got access to a whole lot of different places. Uh, South Bend, Mishawaka, doing the same thing. Uh, so, uh, having access is important. Yep. I think uh, I think the most important thing though is to is to keep our our focus on where we want to go. Be nice about it. Try to be helpful to the folks at the state. And remember, there's 50 other companies, all, <laughs> right. people all over yeah. the state that think their thing is a bit more right. important than ours. So yep. we want to be helpful, not nasty. Yep. Laurie, as we wrap, um, folks who are interested in following what's going on, what best resources for them to plug in to, to keep up with uh, what's happening in the corridor? So we've got a coalition website, it's uh, us31coalition.com, and we try to keep everything updated there, put uh, new meetings that NDOT is having, as well as the propel31.com. Those are the two main websites that I would watch, uh, and I, I do, um, a lot of really good information out there. Great. John, Lori, thank you so much for the conversation today. I, I think of the proverb that people have shared that the best time to plant a tree is today, the second best time is 20 years ago. Thank you both for the, the tree you planted many years ago that have, have led to some great progress on there, and we're excited about what's and we uh, happening keep in the future. Going. So, yep, got to right. finish, got to get it finished. That's it for our show today. Thank you for watching on WNIT or listening to our podcast. To watch this episode again and any of our past episodes, you can find Economic Outlook at WNIT.org or find our podcast on most major podcast platforms. We also encourage you to like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. I'm Jeff Ray. I'll see you next time. WNIT local production has been made possible in part by viewers like you. Thank you.